Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. We're going to talk about heaven and hell and modern science. And before we do that, I want you to understand, or at least keep in mind, that to believe in Christ can be idolatry if the Christ you believe in is a false image of Christ. Understanding that, we'll go back to our original discussion on the idea of light and darkness. And that will lead us into an understanding that modern science believes that there is a heaven and hell, but they dare not call it that. But we'll always bring it back to the message of Christ and what he was actually telling us and how the kingdom of heaven works and even reveals some of those mysteries. But of course, you won't understand those mysteries without that divine revelation in you. In Matthew 4.16, it says, The people which sat in darkness saw great light and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death light is sprung up the shadow of death doesn't sound like it is completely dark it is less than light and of course in the beginning God said let there be light and there was light and he saw that the light was good and God divided the light from the darkness in the Song of Solomon, we see in verse eight, or chapter eight, verse six, "Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arms, for love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave, coals thereof are coals of fire, which hath the most vehement flame." This seal is on our heart and on our arms. This is the same as to say in spirit and in truth. This idea that we have not only hear the word, but doeth the work of the Father is a repeated idea over and over again in the Bible. That God is a doer. He is not a hearer only. He is a God of action. And therefore, if we are made in His image, we also are people of action. So the idea that you can be saved by works, no, you cannot be saved by works. In other words, you can't do enough to be saved. But if you are not working, then your faith is alive because faith without works is dead. So in Romans 13.10, we say, Loveth worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. What is love? Isn't it the giving of life? The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Darkness and light. There's those ideas again of light being the good and darkness being less than light is not good. And that is the difference between Satan who is a light bearer and God, is that God is the source of light. And we see in the biblical text that there was a division in heaven 
where there was one group followed after Satan, a third of the angels followed after Satan, and they were cut off in the light, just like we see with Cain, where Cain goes out of the presence of God. So did a group go out of the presence of God, separate itself, and become this other group. And we call, they dwell in hell. We call it hell. We have images of hell. And our images may not be 100% accurate. And we have images, because they are images, created in our mind by ideas. And we have an image of heaven. And that may not be 100% accurate either. I can guarantee you that it is not. But the fact that there is this realm called heaven, this realm we call hell, and we're going to talk more about that. But guard yourself from eating from the tree of knowledge. That try to understand the precepts involved, the principles involved. In Psalm 73:25 it says, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides thee. This is a prayer to this other realm, this other world of heaven, and that there are those in heaven, God is in heaven, and the minions of God who are servants of God, and Christ who is one with God. Also, now, behold, my witness is in heaven, and my record is on high. In Matthew thirteen eleven, when Jesus was talking about parables, and they were asking him, why he always spoke in parables, he says, He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So we understand, to understand these mysteries of this realm that is called heaven, that is connected somehow with this world, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and Christ pulls back the veil. And we'll, we'll see how this all begins to fit. But others fell, in Luke 8, 8 it says, But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an a hundredfold, and some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. So there is this idea that it is important that we bear fruit, but they are not, it will not all be the same with everybody and that's okay it's the fact that they bear fruit and again he who hath ears to hear let him hear and he who has eyes to see let him see those who say they see already well maybe their sin remaineth like Jesus said to in his parables but it was this mysteries of the kingdom that they mentioned in Luke 8 uh, 10 and in Matthew 13 11 uh, that was given unto them so that they would understand and other people only got parables that expressed the same precept upon precept but did not give them the detail. Well, we're going to give you some of the detail or at least what men imagine to be some of the details although they don't correlate it with heaven. In 1 Corinthians 4, 1, we see, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So, in order to be stewards of the mysteries of God, you need to almost know them. And again, you, I don't believe you'll really know them except by revelation, but we're going to talk about them. And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Did God create hell? It didn't say that. It said the heaven and the earth. And we were made in his image. And we live in this world. Now we go back to science and listen to some of the scientists. Uh, Albert Einstein suggested the mechanics uh, of relativity. 
uh, Newton had uh, solved the clockworks and mathematics of creation to some degree, at least gravity and things like that. But Einstein gave that clock a personality, a relativism. And, uh, but his idea of the theory of relativity didn't really explain everything. And he, he understood it before he could explain it in mathematics. He went back to mathematics because men without understanding of the precepts, not without divine revelation, can not understand the kingdoms of the universe except sometimes in the language of mathematics. And so they use mathematics to discuss these things because of the fact that they cannot just see them. They don't really have the eyes, but they have the math. In Galatians 1.11, we see, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man. That's what he's saying. He didn't receive it of man, but this revelation. And if you look up that word revelation, it means to pull back a veil, to uncover. And that's how do we have eyes to see into this other realm of understanding? How is this veil pulled back? How are we kept from seeing? what we need to see. Are we actually seen into another realm and that's where we get the understanding because God has pulled back a veil between us and them. And how do we draw near that veil so it may be pulled back and we may see? And how are we drawn away from that veil so that we see into darkness instead of into light? In Matthew sixteen seventeen it says, And Jesus answered and said to him, meaning Simon, Blessed art thou, he says, For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father in heaven. And it was upon this revelation that he was going to build his church. This power of revelation in the hearts and mind, writing upon your hearts and upon your minds directly. Now, in the idea of parallel dimensions, which has become more and more popular in modern science, and when the scientists talk about quantum theories, that began to explain a lot of those questions that the theory of relativity didn't quite do. But even quantum physics uh, brings the perception of individuals and collectives. And it was when they ha they still didn't have all the answers. And they asked questions like, why is gravity so weak? And uh, why... Why do they uh, call these black holes radiate? Uh, So-called so black holes. Why do they see them radiate if they're black holes? What are they radiating? What's really going on? And, and they get these theories, but everything doesn't fit. And so they tried to fit them together. And so they came up with a theory called string theory. And it was very popular for a while, but then it started falling out of popularity. And then there also was heavy gravity. And that had a theory, but that fell out with string theory. And then when string theory fell out, some were starting to edge their way back to heavy gravity. But heavy gravity required multiple dimensions. And when they started doing the math and started making more and more discoveries and creating these colliders, which would show them things that they, they couldn't see otherwise, and with the instruments to see and observe nature in a more and more finite condition, they 
decided that there had to be multiple dimensions and they started adding dimensions and eventually they came up with it had to be at least 10 of these space dimensional dimensions in which this energy flowed and it started working out mathematically. Everything didn't work out though. The more they work with it, they say, oh, but what about this? And so they had to add another one, which was time, another dimension. And then everything started fitting. And it also started bringing back the heavy gravity theories that were created by following that line of science. And out of all this came a new theory, which they called the M theory. And the M really stands for membrane, but they don't really like membrane, and I understand why, that they don't like the idea of membrane. And so they let the M sometimes stand for magic and sometimes stand for mystery, depending on who you're talking to and how he wants to use those terminology. Now, in 2 Corinthians 3.14, we see, But their minds were blinded, for until the day remaineth, the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away with in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Moses and Christ were in agreement. Moses had the veil pulled back and could see the other side. And not like Christ did, but he could see. And it is in the reading of Moses with the flesh and blood alone that the veil is not pulled back. But Christ pulled back the veil, ripped the veil, opened the veil. Nevertheless, it says, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from the glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Is he talking about other dimensions when he's pulling back the veil between this dimension and the heavenly dimension so that the heavens open up? We hear these phrases, but we don't put them in the terms of science. But now we're hearing science use these same ideas of membranes instead of veils, a firmament. They, they see these other essences and, and not point particles, but some sort of divine string essence that is vibrating. How do you vibrate? When you speak, your larynx vibrates. And of course, in the beginning, God spoke and there was creation. And so what is really going on? What is really happening? And we see in the next verse, it says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. In other words, they're seeing things that they would not have seen otherwise. And what string theory is, they believe there's a smaller and smaller element. Now, particle elements, if you wanted to look at the basic particle elements, you're talking about 10 to the minus 19 meters, which is pretty dang small. I mean, it's, you're not going to see that with a magnifying glass or even a microscope. We're going down pretty small. But string theory involves matter 10 to the minus 35 meters. That's unbelievably small. And we have no instruments in which to see that. But in their theories, they create this idea of this cousin of strings called supersymmetry. And they believe that 
if there is supersymmetry, there will be what they call these S-particles or sparticles, they call them. It's, uh, and they're trying to find the sparticles, kind of like trying to find Spartacus. And they, uh, and they, it, they're still small, but they think in these super colliders like uh, the Large Hadron Collider at CERN's that they would see them. Well, they've done the tests already and they didn't see the sparticles. And so they, they've concluded that it is more complex than they originally said. And, and I, I've mentioned on other programs what I believe is actually going on there. But it, again, we're correlate, the purpose of going into this science isn't to fill your head with facts and you're not going to remember bosons and Z bosons and sparticles and, and, uh, all these different, uh, terminology. And, and that's really not important. Some of you may, find it fascinating who have the mental capacity to follow that. But we're trying to correlate this to the precepts of the kingdom, the mysteries of the kingdom. Because once you understand what's really going on, you can bring it down to the real world where you live and where what's happening in your life will bring you closer to the kingdom of heaven. Because that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be seeking the kingdom of heaven and the righteousness of God. So, anyway, the scientists, they came up with this Big Bang Theory years ago. And it doesn't really fit. And they admit it. There has to be something even before the Big Bang. And what was it? And, of course, with these multiple dimensions is that the Big Bang was actually something coming into existence in this realm. It already had a pre-existence in another realm, which we call spirit and they call another membrane. We say it's on the other side of the veil, and they say it's on the other side of the membrane. <laughs> so, they're using the same precepts and concepts, but they don't want to talk about it. Actually, you will find some scientists correlating these idea of membrane universes or alternate dimensions on the other side of a membrane. And they call it membrane really not because it's on the other side of a veil, but because that it's all connected. Their math shows that everything is connected in the universe. But there are these multiple dimensions. And somehow, those multiple dimensions are connected to our dimension. Through this thing we call the veil. And this, of course, is why string theory actually does work. And they haven't quite worked that out yet. At least, not officially. Not in the hierarchy yet. And I assume that some of the hierarchy, because a lot of them are atheists, are getting rather uncomfortable. Because what... We who understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven or have some insight because God has pulled back the veil a little bit so that we can talk about these things to lead you back to the kingdom. But you have to repent and turn around to get back there. And you have to change and be changed and be willing to be changed because this is about liberty and choice. So you make a choice and then God changes you automatically. If you don't make that choice down in your spirit to receive him, you will be on another path where you will not have choices. You will be changed that way too. You're either going, it's about direction. Are you going towards the kingdom or towards that shadow of death, the darker realms? And what is the deciding factor that shows which way we're going? Well, of course, we have the Ten Commandments. If you're violating the Ten Commandments, you're not going towards the kingdom of God. You're going the other way. Thou shalt not kill. If you're killing, then you're going the wrong way. If thou shalt not covet. If you're coveting your neighbor's goods, then you're not headed towards the kingdom. You need to turn away from that and go the other way. They talk about these two membranes that are separate. And of course, 
We're going back to Satan now. He's gone separate with the third of the minions of heaven. He is his own light bearer. He is his own membrane. He's his own universe. Over here we call it hell. They just call it this other membrane. And somehow or other, these two membranes collided. And matter was created. And God formed the creation of the realm in which we live and divided the light from the dark, etc., etc. Many times before, you've heard me say that everything in this universe that we exist in has a corresponding spiritual reality in another universe. And there has been a conflict and collision between the realm of darkness, we call darkness because it's less than light, and the realm of light, which we call heaven. And in that, we are here on this planet, literally, which is a battlefield between good and evil. But we don't fight like other wars. We make a choice. Go towards the light or go towards the darkness. Hide from the truth like Adam and Eve did. They hid like Cain who went out of the presence of God. Or repent and go back in the presence of God. Admit and humble ourselves to righteousness. Now in Revelation 12:7 we see, And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. This is the conflict of these two realms coming into conflict. And of course this is part of what creation of the realm in which God created the heavens and the earth, which were already had a pre-existence, but it wasn't in the physical realm like we see today. We see this physical realm, and this is where the string theory comes in, is because there's these strings, minute little, you know, 10 to the minus 35 meter, tiny little strings, extremely, extremely small, beyond anything that we can measure, and they're taut. They're stretched as if one end is held by one realm and one end is held by another realm and yet they're vibrating and creating a harmony which creates the substance of which atoms are created, of which protons and neutrons are created. This is far below protons and neutrons and bosons and Z bosons, etc. This is tiny. But it's the harmony of that stretching that creates this matter. Most scientists or many scientists believe that these alternate universes may not have matter like we have. We have this unique place where we have matter. And there's a lot more to this that I could say and I'm not going to go into all of it. We're going to kind of clip along here a little bit faster. Um, we can see in Daniel 10, 12 through 13 from the first day that you set your heart on understanding, not knowledge, but understanding, and on humbling yourself before your God, like the prodigal son who wants to come back and humble himself before his father and be a servant in his father's house. When The, the day you do this, your words were heard, and I have come in response to your words. This is like the story of the prodigal son. He turned around. He started heading back. He hadn't gotten back. And his father runs out to meet him. And feasts with him. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was with 
outstanding me for twenty-one days. Then, behold, Michael of the chief prince came to help me, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Well, we're back in Persia, back in Babylon. And we need to turn around and want understanding and to do humble service. That's why I tell people when they want to form congregations of record, you don't come asking, what can I get from this congregation of record? You come with, what can I bring in? How can I bless it? How can I bless others? How can I come and serve? Because then we're coming in the character of Christ. Because Christ came to serve, not to be served. And I tell you, it will sing a new song in the strings of your heart. And we pray that song will be the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. To this realm we call heaven, this parallel dimension we call heaven, which is all around us. And all we have to do is have the veil pulled back and we will see it. And in the meantime, we can draw near it. You know, in those experiments, they did not, uh, at uh, the Large Hadron Collider in CERN, they did not see the sparticles. Didn't mean that they weren't there. They didn't see them. Were they sucked into the other side? Or were they sucked into this side where you would see them? In this, in these collisions that they make. And you have to kind of understand how all that works. But I'm just asking the question to kind of, for those of you who can stimulate your thinking along these lines to understand them. How art thou fallen from heaven? He's separate from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Again, these stories that, you know, like I said, everything in the universe has a corresponding spiritual reality. So, even though some of these stories in the Bible are actually about physical realities, they are a mirror of spiritual realities that have gone before. This is why movie makers can sometimes make movies that almost predict the future because of the fact that they, in their mind's eye, have seen the future looking for something to write about. They write about it. It's a great story. But it is a story of things to come or things of the past. These principles. There once was a guy who worked in Hollywood and he approved scripts and, and he says there's only 11 stories. Every story is one of those 11 stories. Sometimes they overlap a little bit but there's only 11 stories. He broke every, every story down into 11, 11 basic formats. And that's all there was. And I thought it was kind of funny because scientists have now broke everything down to 11 dimensions. And they're trying to find a unified formula that fits in all those dimensions. And they can't, haven't quite figured it out yet, but they're working on it. And the fact is, there is a mathematical consistency to the creation. But it is better that flesh and blood doesn't reveal it. You'll have a better understanding. <laughs> but anyway, if you like math, it's, I suppose that's... that's makes a living for a lot of mathematicians. But Psalms 113.6 How humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth. In other words, they're the same. Heaven and earth. You have a divine connection. The Aleph, the Yad and the Vav and the Yad is God. You can touch the understanding of God, if you will reach out, He will reach out the other way and greet you and meet you and reveal to you the truth. And that's the truth you really want to know because that's the truth of faith. And that is an unbreakable truth. That is what God builds His church, His kingdom. And as His kingdom comes, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Now you're aligned with another force. A force of life. You are connected back to that source. That tree of life. That comforter of God. In Isaiah 25, 6 it says, In the mountains shall the Lord of hosts make unto all the people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines, on the lees, a fat things full of marrow, of wine on the lees, well refined. And he will destroy the mountain, in this mountain, the face of the covering cast over all the people and the veil that is spread over all the nations. In other words, when you head back, you will start to receive revelation. When you start to receive that revelation, eat of it. Act upon it. Live according to it. If you start realizing that you have been coveting your neighbor's goods, stop. Stop the coveting. Start seeking a way in which you do not have to be a part of such systems. You must turn revelation into action. Faith into works. You must. You, it won't, you won't be able to do enough work, but God will run out and meet you halfway. 1 Kings 19.18 Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. Is that us? Is that what we need to be doing? We need to be drawing near to God by drawing near to one another so that we may love one another. And we're going to talk more and more about this. All things were created in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. And we need to be moving in His ways. And we'll talk more about what that means when we return to Keys of the Kingdom. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory and we're talking about the Kingdom of God and the mysteries of the Kingdom of God and the Kingdom of Heaven and how it operates. And we're doing it to give you an insight in what you need to do in the real world where you live. In the Bible, it talks about heaven and hell and it talks about pulling back the veil. And it talks about revelation, where, which is pulling back the veil so that you see that which is not seeable with the eyes that are between your ears or here with the ears that are on the side of your head. That these are spiritual eyes and spiritual ears in order to see a spiritual realm and a spiritual understanding of what's going on in your own world. This is so that you can become closer to the giver of life, the creator of all things. And there is an effort in the universe to get you to think and look in another direction and go another way that does not give life, but by its nature takes life from others. It's a vampire world, a werewolf world, a zombie world of death and destruction. 
And there are entities in that world that gain greater and greater power over people. And we see that played out in our own physical history. But if there is a spiritual realm outside of what we can see, the same precepts that we see played out in our physical world and authors write about and storytellers uh, tell about, even if they are fictions, they carry with them the precepts of understanding that there are people that are blood suckers. <laughs> they may not actually bite your neck and suck out the blood like vampires, but the reality is, is they feed on other people emotionally and spiritually. And there are other people that are murderers. And I mean, you, you hear about these heinous serial uh, killers who kill in macabre and strange sort of ways. And where is the, that, the spirit or the precepts of those ideas coming from? They're coming from a spiritual desire to devour others. And this is necessary when you cut yourself off from the source of life, then you must get life from others. And we, of course, we eat plants and animals in order to nurture our physical body. Is the same precept going on in the spiritual realm as well? Yes, it is. But we're going to talk about that. And as I said, Albert Einstein brought up this idea of relativity, but it really didn't answer everything. So somebody came along with this idea of quantum. But quantum too, even though quantum mechanics very interesting concept, it's uh, almost spiritual in its nature. That they talk about things that are taking place in the universe that are really almost unexplained and quantum supposedly explains it. Most people when they hear mathematicians talking about quantum, they're not really following them, but they seem very smart. So we listen to them like they really know what they're talking about. And to some degree they do, but there's an awful lot of faith in the operation of mathematics. I mean, they can see the math equations working out or not working out, but they really are dependent upon the values they give the symbols that they use in the formation of their equations. And those values are based on what we can observe in this realm. And what is so interesting, in order to answer all the questions when they try to analyze it with relativity and with quantum, they have to come up eventually with the idea that there are other realms, other dimensions, parallel dimensions to our own. And scientists all across the board are agreeing that there must be parallel dimensions. Now, they don't all agree on exactly how those parallel dimensions are formed. But this quantum physics brings the perception of individuals and collectives. That there are items in existence that work as collectives and there are items in existence that work as individuals. The theory of everything, this grand unification link of electromagnetism and gravitational forces, uh, these magnetic forces and other forces and power in the universe, doesn't really fit into quantum mechanics alone. Uh, quantum mechanics has a certain amount of point particle uh, comprehension of the universe. Uh, but the problem is, is points appear and disappear. That there are, it is as if things come 
into existence and go out of existence and they don't see the evidence of this passing and going other than the fact that things appear and disappear. They wonder if things can be in more than one place at the same time. And, cause, but it's difficult. They're dealing with such minute particles and, and they're doing a lot of guessing. There's a lot of faith work going on in modern science because they see things happen and they say, well, what happened then? But they're dealing with minute events based on, you know, colliders and experimentation and putting arbitrary values on in formulas and trying to work it out. And if they come up with something that nobody can explain, everybody thinks they're really smart. And again, back to that politics of science. If someone accepts what you say because you have done the pr proper bowing down to the other hierarchy of science, then suddenly you will be held up as a genius and what your your hypothesis or your postulations will suddenly become uh, sacrosanct. And they are discovering stuff, but we have to be very careful of accepting everything they say and drawing pictures from these facts. But what they finally come up with is this idea of string theory, which got real popular for a while and then fell out of popularity, and then now they've gone back to it again. And string theory is the idea that there are not so much as point particles, but strings of something that vibrates. And these vibrations create everything. And those vibrations will actually affect other things nearby. Just as if you pluck one string on a guitar, it will actually cause, because of air and the fact that the guitar is all one instrument, it will actually get other strings reverberating simply by plucking the one, because the sound of the one affects the others. So anyway, this string theory didn't quite work until they started creating additional the idea of different dimensions. And they said that the math of that worked out. And they came up with 10 dimensions and then an 11th dimension they added, which is time. And they say everything starts to fit together. But they still had some problems. And so they came up with what they call the M theory. And that's so new, you probably haven't heard about it. The M stands for membrane, but a lot of the scientists also use the M to stand for magic or mystery. But everything seems to, you know, that it's become this splendiferous term where, you know, it seems to make everything fit. And, and except, and one of the reasons why they came back to this uh, string theory and M theory is when they go with their Big Bang theory. And uh, let's just pretend that Big Bang was actually God speaking things into existence. But... Uh, they had a problem with the Big Bang Theory. They didn't want to tell anybody because that's one of their religious beliefs that there was this Big Bang. Nobody explains where the bang came from and this is what one of the problems were. Is where does this bang, what what caused this Big Bang that that began everything? And uh, so it, it didn't give them this unified theory and it, it had a problem with uh, uh, there was a particular term, and I can't think of it right now. Uh, uh, the singularity. A problem with singularity in this uh, Big Bang, because there wasn't everything wasn't unified. They didn't know where, what, 
what caused the bang and all this stuff. You know, these guys come out with it and the news media just goes wild with the Big Bang Theory and we see it everywhere on Time Magazine. But nobody's explained huge holes in the Big Bang <laughs> Theory. <laughs> but uh, smart guys talk about it so they write about it in the news like it's fact. Even though they call it a theory. Uh, what they <clears throat> finally are coming up with is that in this membrane theory is that all these things that we see in, in creation are connected. Uh, they're connected by different things like gravity. You know, the gravity of the planet is reaching out millions, <clears throat> excuse me, is reaching out millions of miles beyond our own planet. And we're, you know, like we're rotating around the sun. Whole planet rotating around the sun. You actually have a string of gravity, the force of gravity, pulling on every molecule, every atom of your body, all the way to the sun. There is a connection between you. And it's not just that, you know, we're in a bucket that's spinning around the sun, because that would mean that everybody facing the sun would be heavier and everybody who was on the other side of the planet would have a tendency to want to fly off because we're going around the sun at thousands of miles an hour and we should be thrown to the ground as we go swinging around the sun, but we're not. It's literally that the gravity of the sun is reaching all the way out to our planet and pulling on every molecule and atom of your body. Every atom and molecule in the earth is being pulled towards the sun so that the whole planet simultaneously and everything that's on it doesn't go whirling off into space as we go hurling around as if tied by a single string you know you do that with a rubber ball and you tie a string to it and you can swing it around and swing it around and it pulls away all the time and that's what's happening except for the string that ties us to the sun is tied to every single atom in your body and that's a long ways to reach with a single string of gravity pulling on you. And yet that seems to be what's happening. And it's one of the parts of this theory is that they come to the conclusion that gravity is seemingly so strong, but yet such a weak force. I mean, you can take a refrigerator magnet and pick up, you know, a needle or a bobby pin or even a, a small piece of metal off of the table, even though gravity is pulling it down to the table, the magnet just zips it right up off the table. Now that magnetic force doesn't reach out as far, but it reaches out and it pulls it up off the table. So it can be very strong nearby. But gravity doesn't seem to have that power. And so they were trying to figure out, okay, so why doesn't gravity why isn't gravity stronger and the reason why is that well they tried to figure it from the fact that maybe the gravity is reaching out into these parallel dimensions and that didn't work out but then when they calculated it that gravity doesn't necessarily begin in this dimension but is actually reaching into this dimension then suddenly they it works out so then that brings us to oh, in these parallel dimensions there is another earth Exactly like our Earth. And Al Gore is not president. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's in this other Earth. Uh, and if there's life there, it's walking around. But we're walking around there too. But if you 
it, when you, people study the paranormal, they say that some people have this ability to see spirits that are walking around us all the time. And some people might have that ability. I can guarantee you a lot of the people who say they do are charlatans and liars and are just out to get your money. So if there's a credit card involved, get away from them. <laughs> and you might want to get away from them anyway because w what is the point? Where are they leading you? And how do you know where you're going? <laughs> there's a lot of dangerous things out there. But the point is, is this, these parallel dimensions that are supposedly out there according to modern science, if what they're coming up with is more and more, they're showing that the, there's one dimension called heaven and another dimension called hell that we already knew about in the Bible, but they won't use those terms. They will use these other terms of parallel dimensions. I would assume that, um, well, I won't go there, but uh, anyway, if you look at, uh, like Revelations twelve seven, it says, And there was a war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Now, Supposedly, this all happened even before Earth. Before the existence of Earth. And, you know, we can deal with translations at another time. But it goes on from the first day that... Uh, and and oh, I'll, Actually, I won't read that. I'll, that's in Daniel. Let me read that in a minute. But this idea, what they've now come up with in the string theory, in these 11 dimensions, uh, which there may be parallel universes as galore, not just 11 of them, but galore. I mean, layers and layers of it. And it's dependent upon this membrane that each of these dimensions is like a membrane all connected within it. But yet, let's go back to the string theory. Now, I haven't heard them say this, but I'll tell you this. They they look at string theory as that the, somehow there's this matter that's elongated. And they believe it's connected in these membranes. And they see these electrons appearing and disappearing. And they think that they're sliding back and forth into different dimensions. Now, they make the string in the membrane. And there may be this concept of string in the membrane. But if you've got something sliding back and forth between the two different dimensions, which is what science says they think they see, is there a string between that dimension that it goes to and the dimension that it's in? And that pull before it slips into the other dimension is actually a string between those two dimensions. And it is that string that vibrates. And then that causes the membrane to vibrate. And causes existence. Now, I'll tell you why I said that. I don't know if you can draw that picture. And remember, if you draw a picture of this in your mind, that's not the same thing as... Reality, that's what you imagine reality to be. So guard yourself against getting fixed into these images. There's a reason why I'm going through these images, and it's to take you to understand how the kingdom actually works and how you should be working in the kingdom. But anyway, this uh, idea of trying to figure out the Big Bang is they thought that there was this membrane of existence before physical existence came into being, that was connected and interacting and at peace and moving, floating gently in the universe. And this is the way they draw the image, the scientists. And that there was suddenly two different membranes that were floating in this, but 
they are all vibrating, constantly moving within their independent, and that they came into conflict with each other, and this is where the universe was created. Now, this is their imagery. This is the way they... That the universe, the physical universe that we exist in, it was when these two separate membranes collided in a kind of a giant wave, and this allowed them to come up with all their calculations that supposedly are working this this week. <laughs> we don't know what they're going to discover next week. But of course, if we go back to Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, uh, and the dragon fought and his angels, was this the two membranes? We know the devil supposedly went out of the presence of God, just like Cain went out of the presence of God, but in another realm. And departed from what? Heaven? From the membrane of heaven, if we want to use scientific terms. And they were still in existence, but they had their own existence. And did they come into conflict? And in that conflict, reality was created this physical reality was created now this doesn't god is still creating everything god is still the instrument these are the forces those that align themselves with the love of god and those that align themselves with something less than the love of god which is what satan is satan because he cuts himself off from god he must have his minions love him provide him with energy he is the light bearer he brings his own light because he is not connected to the light. He's separated his membrane, his universe, from God's universe. But he's still within all of whatever God's universe encompasses, but separated from those that were connected directly to God in this tree of life. So anyway, that, that's kind of imagery. I believe the Bible is actually talking about these same things that scientists are discovering, scientists who won't read the Bible, are actually beginning to discover, and they're actually talking about it. In Daniel, I was going to read Daniel 10, 12, 13, from the first day that you set your heart on understanding and on humbling yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for twenty-one days. Then, behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the king of Persia. Okay, now this is really... You've heard me talk before that because we went whoring after other gods, because we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because we decided to decide for ourselves what was right and wrong, because we sought power over our brethren, because we elected kings, God said, I will not hear you in that day. But here in Daniel, and people always want to read Daniel and they want to know about a prophecy in so many thousand years that this is going to happen and that's going to happen. Forget all that. I mean, it's there. It's important to some degree. But you're getting fixated on these ideas that you can figure out prophecy and revelation and then you'll have an edge. That's not where the edge comes from. From the first day that you set your heart on understanding and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard. 
you have to bow down to God of heaven, to the righteousness of God, in order to stand up as a free man. That is critical. It isn't paperwork. It isn't oaths. It isn't affirmations. It isn't, it isn't ID cards. It isn't contracts. It's humbling yourself before understanding. And, and to understand God, you must understand His love. His willingness to give His life that ye may have life. Are you willing to give your life for your neighbor that he may have life more abundant? Well, then your your words may be heard. If you're interested in taking life from your neighbor, then your words will not be heard. You will be more connected to another realm. You will be more compatible with the other membrane, with the other dimension, the dimension of hell where one devours another. If you are trying to save your life, you will likely lose it. But if you're willing to give up your life for His sake, you may have life more abundant. Now in Genesis 28.12, we see, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder. Now when we say ladder, you can draw a picture of a ladder, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly what it looked like. These are the terms that he had to describe what he's seen. Set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascended and descended on it. So, in other words, if there is such a ladder, is there another ladder that reaches down to hell? <laughs> Nobody ever thinks about that. And its angels ascend and descend too. And where, where they meet, where they come into conflict. Now, the question is, what ladder do you want to go? You want to go up the up ladder or the down ladder? And how do you go up the up ladder? You're not going to get up the up ladder unless you do that humbling yourself and realize you can't figure it out. This is what's dangerous about talking about these intellectual concepts is that you may begin to think that you can figure it out. You can't figure it out. But it can be revealed to you. And the way you go about it is seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness in your relationships with everyone else all around about you. And then the latter will be revealed to you. Until we meet again, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.
Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, we were talking about this idea of these... uh, Scientists are not wanting, of course, to label it as such, but they're describing exactly what we see in the Bible from what they are discovering. Of course, there's a great deal of vanity in some of them. Some of them are just have a real desire to know. And that's the, that's the interesting thing about God's kingdom is it knows no bounds. And the description of what they talk about in creation, where there is these parallel dimensions, and that somehow or other some things are popping between one dimension and another dimension. And they can see it going back and forth. And they say that it's like tied with a string. And of course, uh, other people talk about, you know, silver threads and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, uh, the people who delve in areas they probably should not be delving in and they don't know what they're doing. You have to realize that everything that is in heaven is also has a counterpart in hell. Everything in prophecy comes to us in several different layers. We, we've talked before about how authors of books and movies, especially that we see today, are actually foretelling the future. They're telling certain precepts. It's as if these authors have received dreams or messages and then they they write these uh, stories and they make these movies and they have a relationship to the real world in which we exist and live. And uh, and even in prophetically prophesying the future. Uh, and they don't know they're doing it. It's It's like they get glimpses of truth and reality and what's really going on. And they don't really understand all of what it is, but they, because they have creative minds, they end up drawing these pictures and write these stories and they make these movies. And these movies are actually telling us what's going on. Unfortunately, most people get lost in the special effects and they don't understand. <laughs> because the reality is, is that you're not going to find the truth by watching a movie or reading a book. You can't hold on to the truth. You know, one of the things that they've discovered in looking at science is that an atom is mostly space. It Most of what we see as an atom, if you could see an atom, is empty space, or at least what they thought was empty space. Actually, with string theory now, there may be lots of things in there, but it's just not in our space. It's in the parallel spaces. And, of course, that would make absolute sense since you would have these parallel universes that where you actually exist partly. You know, if if there is a parallel universe and you have a spirit and that spirit dwells in you in the universe in which we now exist, does that spirit also dwell in the other dimension? these other parallel dimensions because it it can actually dwell in both places. And it could 
dwell in the side of heaven and be connected to the heavens, to God's realm, to God's what they call membrane in the M theory, which we talked about before. And, or it, it, is it connected to the other dimension, which we call hell, this lower dimension, where vibration and frequency is lower. Now, in our dimension, we've talked about this also in the past, that, you know, light has a tendency to follow the DNA strand. That it actually is, actually will follow that pattern. And then, of course, like, uh, we've also talked about how water has a memory. Because the molecules in water are constantly in motion, they can actually pick up a memory based on the other chemicals that are in the water or the materials surrounding the water, etc. And the water can pick up a memory of its contact with these other materials. Well, the same is your DNA and you're 75-80% water. So your DNA is actually putting a marker in uh, your uh, food, in, in, in your body. Oh, actually, why I said food is I was just thinking just the other day we were talking about blessing a meal before you eat it. And, and I said, well, it will be blessed after we eat it. In other words, our, the frequency of our own body and the spirit that dwells in our body that regulates a, to a great de- deal that frequency begins to engram itself into whatever food we eat. And it is blessed by that. But if you've fallen completely to your physical existence and you worship food, for instance, that food and whatever is in that food will have more harm to you. This is why they talk about poisons not poisoning uh, the apostles. You know, where he could supposed to be bit by a snake and it wouldn't poison him because he literally altered... The spirit of him was strong enough that it altered the poison. There's actually a trick that uh, they use down in South America that and uh, if you get bit by certain snakes, it doesn't work with all the snakes, but certain snakes, they will actually take spark plug wires off of their boat or motor or uh, an engine motor and they will zap you with, you know, turn the ignition over and zap you with the electrical shock of that. And uh, supposedly that neutralizes the poison. And... Uh, some have suggested that, you know, this is one way to neutralize the poison is to run this electrical current through it. Well, your body is running electrical current all the time. Every sing- and, w- and what most of these poisons are is they're digestive enzymes that begin to digest and react in your body. And if you can alter those enzymes, the poison will become neutralized. But anyway, back to this idea of these other dimensions of heaven and hell being parallel dimensions to the earth that we are in, we want to be connected to the heavenly dimensions. And as I was saying before, when you you read Daniel, uh, let's see, where was that quote? It was in Daniel 10, wasn't it? Verse 12 and 13, From the first day, that you set your heart on understanding and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard. 
And I have come in response to your words. Jesus talks about this in his prodigal son parable. He's telling you a principle of the kingdom. That when the son repented and said he was going to go back to his father's house to be a servant in his father's house. When he decided he would do that, his father ran out and met him halfway. But he did have to start heading back too. And this is what you have to do. Is you have to humble yourself and head back. So what does it look like to head back? And this is why we're talking about these things like in Genesis 1.14 And God said, Let there be light in the firmament in the heavens and to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So God is allowing all this to take place because He originally created the firmament. And what they call firmament of the heavens. Is that the membrane of the heavens in just a different term? As we talked in the previous show about this membrane theory that scientists have come up with. That, you know, that the universe is like a membrane and there's lots of different sub-membranes and, and, and different shapes of membranes and all this stuff. And it's part of that parallel universe that they're talking about all the time. Now, in science, in their string theories, and, you know, trying to find their unified theory that kind of answers all the questions for them. And the fact is, all the answers are right there before us if they would pull back the veil. What is this veil that they have to pull back so that we can see it? And one of the problems is there are more than one kind of veil. There's the natural veil that divides these, you know, heaven from earth and earth from hell. But there's also the veils that we put over our own eyes. We call them scales over our own eyes. And the intellect is very good at weaving those veils. Where we create a system of belief by studying science. A system of belief by studying the Bible. We create it. We weave it with things that we accept as true. We decide this is true. This means this. This means that. We are deciding. And we deciding can look just like God's revelation to us. If we haven't done what it said in Daniel 10, 12 and 13. Humble ourselves so that we have His understanding. Now, there's no way I can tell you about his understanding. You know, I I can talk about it. I can beat around the bush about it. But I can't give it to you. Because it doesn't come from me to you. It comes from him to you. Because the kingdom of heaven is within you. You must have your own divine revelation to get his understanding. I can talk about what I understand. But... That's not going to give you understanding. And this is what, when we talked about this in the first show on this subject, we were pointing out that if you hold my words up as a source of your belief, which gurus have a tendency to want you to do, I don't want you to do that, then you, I can be a part of weaving a veil over your eyes. 
so that you cannot receive that revelation. And even if God were to reveal it, you wouldn't see it because you would already have the pre-existing veil that you created with your own knowledge and information. Mostly, I am an iconoclast. I am tearing down the veils. I am I'm showing you that you are wound up in falsehoods and lies. And I am trying to expose those. And that kind of strips you down naked and it kind of is humbling at times. But then you can cry out to the God who can give you understanding if you humble yourself. We don't want you to think you understand. We want you to know you don't understand. But God understands and God can reveal to you what you need to know. In Isaiah 14.12, he says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations. The same thing that went on in him is going on in the nations because we are following after his pattern. Because we are plugging into his realm. Because we are doing things His way. I've often said that the devil doesn't care whether you fight against Him or join Him. Because if you fight against Him on His terms, that's important, on His terms, then He's got you. You're compatible. Now, we do war against Him, but we don't war against Him on his terms, we turn towards God and God, we put on his armor. In Matthew twenty four thirty one, it says, And he shall send his angels with great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. You see, when you pull back that veil, we're not alone. We're not alone. And it is that army, that body, that gives us the strength to stand against whatever evil he would have. But we must prior love his ways. And that's why we come down to these moral issues of coveting your neighbor's goods. Are you building his kingdom in little ways? Taking care of one another in faith, hope, and charity. By forming congregations of going on record that I'm going to take care of these people in this congregation and I'm going to be with them and strive to do right by them. I can't do right by the whole world. I can't save all the poor throughout the world. America is one of the greatest mission fields there are because we are poor in spirit. We have the potential of doing righteousness. But... We have gone so far away from the ways of God that we have opened the door to evil in this world. And we see it in the public events of our time. In our elections, in our public offices, but also in our court systems, in our medicine. Evil is devouring us as a people. Destroying us in our food production. We think, oh, GMOs is the problem. No, GMOs are the symptom of the problem. 
we think uh, pesticides and herbicides in our food is the problem. No, that's a symptom of the problem. You think our poor diet, lack of minerals in our diet, because our food is produced by artificial uh, fertilizers and poorly fertilized soil and soil that has become depleted. That is a symptom of the problem. The politics that we see, the economy, the money system, those are symptoms of the problem. The problem is we have not humbled ourselves to understanding. And so therefore, all these things, public school and coveting your neighbor's goods and socialism are coming about because we have not humbled ourselves to see. And we need to do that. In little ways, in real ways, where we are in the universe, on the street where we live, we must do this. We must speak. We must act. We must do the will of the Father. In little ways, in ways that would seem to make no difference whatsoever. What can I do, people say? Something. That's what you can do. Something. Give something. Be a part of something. Help somebody. Start moving in the direction of the kingdom. Edge your way there and God will run out and meet you halfway. And you will begin, begin to become connected to that other side. And God will eventually pull back that veil and show you the kingdom of heaven. And these veils are about to go through a great fluctuation. And you need to begin, you know, it's kind of like Moses. All those, you remember the movie where he says uh, with Dathan, you know, all those who are of the Lord come over here and they, they started running over to Moses. <laughs> and Dathan guess well, it was actually a very inaccurate part of that movie because that event in the Golden Calf didn't happen at the same time. Those are two different events. You know, the, the ground opening up. But, uh, you know, Hollywood... But anyway, Isaiah 25, 6. And in the mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines, on the lees of fat things full of marrow, of wine on lees well refined, and he will destroy the mountain, the face of the covering cast over all people. And the veil that is spread over all nations. He will destroy that. You know, there's an old movie of things to come. Very old, old movie. 39, something like that. And they had this gas of peace that they were going to use. And it was uh, these supposed scientists who had survived all these wars and everything hidden away. And uh, they were bringing peace back to nations that were just absolutely destroyed. And they would drop the gas of peace and come in and, and fix everything. And the gas of peace didn't kill you. It just brought peace. And But some, one man died rather than have peace. And of course, this is the reality is that if we connect with God so that His strings are in us. And we have to do that on every aspect of his character. Something will change. In 1 Kings 19.18 we see, Yet 
I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Now, there are a lot of people trying to get out of the system, trying to be separate from the system, be apart from the system. They are not all going to the Lord. Some of them are just rebels amongst rebels. They are, uh, they are fighting with one another. They have, you have to remember everybody in hell is a rebel. Everybody in that dimension is a rebel. And they will draw to them other rebels. Jesus was not teaching us to rebel. He made Peter pay the tax because Peter said he did pay the tax. He said, you said it, now go pay it. Make your yeses yes and your noes no. That's a character of God. He's also done something else. That, uh, you know, we're... Uh, he said to be friends with the unrighteous mammon so that you'll be worthy of more righteous habitations. There are no rebels in the kingdom of God. There are the righteous and those who sought righteousness, sought to pay their debts. They didn't seek to get out of their debts. Now, Someone recently asked me about uh, a, a process whereby you can challenge a bank, challenge a credit card company, and you can get them to back off. And I said, look, when somebody's drowning, you may be able to use such tools in helping them. You have to be very careful that we do not justify not keeping our word. You know, and you know, our policy is you know to pay our debt. And if you have to pay it on time, then pay it on time. I mean, there's nothing just in the payments anyway because we're all using these ridiculous Federal Reserve notes that have no value, but people want them anyway. I mean, the Federal Reserve says they have no value right on their own website. And yet, that's what people want. And, of course, you can't pay a debt with a note, but that's what they want. And you made agreements with these unbelievers and satisfied those beliefs. But turn around and go the other way. Seek the other way. Seek a righteous way. And you cannot do that unless you come together with others. Because it's not about saving yourself. It's about saving others. Christ came to save others. You have not kissed the feet of Christ until you come, like Christ, to save others. You join congregations not for what it can do for you, but for what you can do for others. Because that is what Christ did. And that is His nature. And when you become like Christ, you begin to connect to His realm. To His heavenly realm. And He will not forget you. In that day, He will not forget you. And He will eventually pull back the veil. But you've got to be active. We show you how God works so that you can work that way too. And when you discover you're not working that way, you can do something about it. Every time you see you're selfish, you would not have seen that unless you were confronted with that selfishness. And in trying to come together with others, it will be required that you forgive one another. Or you will not stay together. 
you'll find some reason, oh, I'm not going to be, because they don't have right doctrine. Uh, I'm going to abandon them because uh, they didn't see something the way I see it. I'm going to turn my back on them. That isn't Christ. Christ didn't turn his back on Peter. Christ didn't turn his back on any of his apostles. He let them run away from him. We should not be fleeing one another, but coming together with one another. And we're going to get all kinds of people who want to come together. And let God sort them out. Love them all and let God sort them out. If we read in Colossians, For by Him, God's beloved Son, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Dominions. Would that be dimensions? All. Things have been created through Him and for Him. We need to understand that the universe is bigger than your eyeballs can see. We need to understand, whether you call it heaven or uh, another dimension, that there are realms in which we can be connected, in which our life flows through as same as in this realm. And if we have the character of Christ, which is what it means to do things in His name, it doesn't mean use a certain word. It means to do things the way He would do them, in the spirit that He would do them. It will begin to connect you to that realm in which Michael can come to your aid. Whether it's Michael or whoever. I don't care what name you put on him. It's the spirit. That we're talking about. Let us walk honestly. As in the days. Not in rioting. And drunkenness. Not in chambering. And wantonness. Not in strife. And envy. But put ye on the Lord. Jesus Christ. His character. His way. Of service and sacrifice. For one another. And then all this realm and dimensional things, they'll work themselves out and you'll find yourself on the right side of the veil. Make not provision for this flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now, it doesn't say don't make provisions. It says to fulfill the lust thereof. Make provisions to save others and you will do more to save yourself. And nothing is more important than have a network of people who care about you as much as they care about themselves. This is the kingdom of God. You cannot create that network unless you go on record as congregations of record. Now those congregations of record are not just based on paperwork but upon relationships. But if we know that the world loves to see paper... So you need to make a written testimony of the fact that I am with these people and these people are with me. And that is what a congregation of record is. And that congregation of records minister must network with other congregations because your congregation must love other congregations as much as you love yourself. 
You see, these precepts are upon precepts, and this is the way in which you construct, edify, and establish the kingdom of heaven by the witnesses of one another, for one another, in righteousness and in truth, as well as in spirit. And we'll be back to Keys of the Kingdom. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So we were talking for the last couple of shows about this idea of heaven and hell being parallel dimensions to our own, being connected according to the string theorists and the scientists of our day, although they won't use again the term heaven or hell, but they talk about these parallel dimensions that they are connected and that they're actually energy that passes between those other dimensions and our own. And that they're, they suggest that there are actually creatures, entities living in those, but they're not material bodies like our own. Again, like I am just astounded that they're describing the spiritual realm and the physical realm. But they won't touch on this idea that it's the spiritual realm. They just kind of navigate right around that. Uh, they talk about membranes instead of veils. Uh, they talk about this primordial substance they call firmament that had no form and that it's created by vibration. And that vibration, they don't mention that it's the Word of God. And that something moves this into pattern. They talk about the laws of physics that... They want to believe that there's these laws that, and they're just trying to figure out what these laws are and how they work. And they're finally deciding that there are these extra dimensions and involving time as an 11th dimension. And, and they're calculating this all up as, so that they know that the laws of physics apply to all these realms that we interact with. But the law of God is all they really need. Now it's fine that they study these things. I don't have, but they they focus on that and miss the simplicity of our existence. That we exist as spiritual creatures that think, therefore they are. It's not that they think; they are aware, so therefore they are. Just thinking. A lot of people. Do you ever watch a show? On TV, and then afterwards, you can't remember what it was you just watched. 
Where'd you go? Where were you? <laughs> you were watching. Did you ever read a page or down reading a book and all of a sudden you realize I don't remember a thing I read. I was daydreaming while I was reading. How much don't we see? A lot of people are very frustrated when they try to explain the kingdom and some of these basic, simple precepts of not coveting your neighbor's goods and, and that we've been deceived and or even go and try to explain people about money systems and contracts and covenants and constitutions and they're just oblivious to it. They don't have eyes to see in the realm that you have that knowledge from. They don't. But as we read there will be a tearing away of the veil. The, the thing which has covered all the nations, spread over all the nations, that they will see whether they want to or not. And I tell you, that will be very hard on people who have not begun to see already. You need to begin to see and act upon what you see. You need to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And you need to do that with other people in a gregarious manner. First John 4, 7 Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. That love of sacrifice and service is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You knoweth God as you act upon what He gives you. It is the law. It is the law of physics. And it is the law of spirit. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Bless God for the congregation you get. Even if they are a little off the wall at times. Even if they're a little strange. Even if they have some quirks that require constant forgiveness. Thank God for them because now you get to be like God. He's going to let you walk a mile in His shoes and deal with people that He has had to deal with since Adam and Eve. And this was manifested the love of God toward us. We must also have that love of God in us towards others. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him, we need to be in the world that others might live through us. Not feed upon us. Not we feed upon them. But love. In truth and in spirit. Herein is love, that we love God, but that He loved us. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That, that word, we need to do a study on that, but we're not going to have time right now. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. There's your instructions. That's the law. In that, there is the fulfilling of the law. That's in John, but Paul was saying the same thing. 1 John 4.12 No man has seen God at any time if we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and Him, 
and His love is perfected in us. But we have to actually be doing that love. And we see the economy in bad shape. We see politics going strange on us in the world today. We see uh, GMOs. We see uh, health problems. And we see around every corner. Why wouldn't we gather together to help others? Don't you think others will need help? Why not create a network of love? Just on love, not based on your theology or your right doctrine. Yeah, from those who are backbiters and liars and betrayers. Yeah, stay away from those guys. But if they're trying to love, you know, try to gather with them. And make that gathering not just your local congregation that makes you feel good, but a national and international network of congregations. Because we live in a membrane. <laughs> we live in a universe that is connected all around the world. And everyone who really seeks the love of God and the ways of God and the name of Christ, the real name of Christ, which is the character of Christ, is connected. At the beginning of these shows on, on the veil, I said that every atom and molecule in your body is connected to every single atom and molecule in the sun. As well as throughout the universe and all the other planets. I use the sun simply because the fact that it's, it's the big body in this solar system. But it's connected to this gravitational pull. We're all being pulled towards the sun. But we're also spinning on the planet which keeps us away. If the planet stopped spinning, we would go crashing towards the sun. Because <laughs> gravity would start pulling us down towards the sun. But we're hurled in this orbit so that we just stay out here at this, this distance. Because there's a connection all the way over there to the sun. Do you think there's a connection between you and other Christians? A spiritual arcing and connection between you and them? We talked in several shows back about collective consciousness and collective unconsciousness. If you have the consciousness of Christ, some call it the Christ consciousness, but I mean Christ living in you, the Spirit of Christ living in you, there's a connection between you and them through the kingdom of heaven. Mysterious connection between you and them through the kingdom of heaven. And it's a good clean connection because it goes to the pure light of God. It goes to His realm. His dominion. His dimension. But if you are making connections with liars and backbiters and deceivers, well, you're going to have another connection. And it's not going to be such a pure connection. And you'll have disease. And you'll have difficulties. And we have those things now and they are often to awaken us to our failings. But we could be healed. In the day that we humble ourselves before God to get His understanding 
And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son and the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God. And, and God dwelleth in him. And he in God. Do, does God dwell in you? Like it dwelled in Jesus? John 4.16 says, 1 John 4.16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in him. So with all these things on the horizon, all these things happening now in our world, are we coming together? Are we being one people? Are we organizing ourselves so that we do not lose track of anybody? Consider yourself if, if you went down in a ship out to sea. The ship sunk out of sight and you couldn't see it anywhere. There was debris around. Maybe there was a few boats around even, and but most of them were full. Would you swim away from the boats or to the boats? Would you gather together with others? Or would you say, oh, there's people over there. I don't want to be with those people. Let's go swim away. <laughs> I think you would swim towards others. Seeking others. Let's face this together. Let's gather together. How do you confess Jesus? Luke one seventy nine. it says, To give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Are you a light to others? If your light is dim, would you not bring two candles to light the way so that you can find your way in the darkness so that others may find the way? Over here, over here. Come, gather with us in the love of Christ. And you'll get people that will come and they think this way. And you'll get people that come and they think that way. It is kingdom of heaven is within you. And the more that burns brightly, the more others who love the light will come and gather with you. I'm out here in the wilderness because I don't want you... I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Why was John the Baptist in the wilderness? People had to go way out there to see him. And I got to get back to work tomorrow. Why? Because they didn't want him gathering around John. They wanted him creating a network. Back in the cities. Back in Jerusalem. So that when Jerusalem was destroyed, they would have a network all over the known world that could absorb and bring them in. And find a place. And be their salvation. Because in that network lived Christ. In the hearts and minds and souls of everyone. And that's what we need to do. Because we face the same destruction. And because we want to be like Christ. We want to love one another. Gather where you are. Find others where you are. Gather them. Greet them. Meet them. Talk with them. Let God reveal to you the ways of the kingdom. We'll talk about those ways and you'll say, Oh my gosh, I'm not doing that. I'm doing the antithesis of that. 
oh my gosh, I repent. I am sorry. I am going to seek to do the right thing from now on. Great. That's it. I'm going to do the right things by others. But there are no others with me. I'm going to have to go out and find the others. <laughs> you should see lost sheep in the field. When all of a sudden they realize the other sheep are gone. Their heads go up as high as they can. And they wait a minute and they look and they can't see and then they make a noise hoping somebody will answer them. And I've seen it where all of a sudden somebody answers them down the other side of the hill and they take off running to get back to the others. Are you running to gather with others? Take heed therefore that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light and when the bright shining of the candle doth give thee light. That's what you need is a whole body. And this is why we point out this idea of coveting thy neighbor's goods through socialism. Socialism is again the symptom. If you have any part of the socialist state, that is letting you know that there, you are in that situation because the light was not in every part of your body. How do you get it in there? Start becoming the unsocialist state. Start caring for one another. Start taking care of others. You say, well, there's nobody in my area. Yes, there is. You just haven't found them yet. They're out there. They're around. And what is your area anyway? Is it within 20 feet of you? Within 20 miles of you? Within 200 miles of you? Wherever they are, gather with them. By phone. Once a month, maybe, in a coffee shop, halfway in between. But do something to gather more. To find others between you and there. Seek them. Find out what the kingdom looks like. So that you will know it when you see it. And you reject it when it's not of the kingdom. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We are not to hide. We are to find. We are to build that city to be a beacon to other men. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. Not, But on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify the Father which is in heaven. We, In order to do that, we need more hands. We need them to come with their sleeves rolled up. We need them to be a part of what we are doing so that we may be a part of what they are doing and pray that what we do together is of Christ. And if it is not, rebuke one another. As many as I love, I also rebuke. That's what Christ says. That's what we should be doing. The light of the body is in the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, 
Thy whole body shall be full of light. Don't just think about yourself. Think about Christ's way in kingdom. And everything that you do. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Let's turn around together. Let's work towards the kingdom. Let's gather together with others. Let's seek and find them. We're on another radio station on KKVV in Las Vegas. And hopefully we'll get on other stations in your area if you work together with those on the Living Network. And we will continue to expand our listening audience, but we want to expand the doers of His Word. Because there is salvation. Not those who just listen, not those who just say, but those who doeth the word, work of the Father, and the, in the ways of the Father. Remember in Luke 15, 8, it says, Either what woman having a ten piece of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle to keep that, to sweep that house and seek diligently till she find it? The treasure of the kingdom are those lost souls out there in the world who would follow the ways of Christ if they heard them. We have lost them. We have gone astray from them and them from us. We need to seek them. We need to find them. We need to spend the time and energy to find them. And we've talked about this recently on the network and there are people becoming more and more proficient at ways in which to do this. And I'm sure that many of you can come up with more ideas. But that's what we need to do. We're not creating our church. We're creating His church. But that doesn't mean that we do not gather together. We need to gather together and know who is with us and who is not. And be a blessing to all. But we need to know... We need to bear witness one of each other. We're coming on hard times. Where the ship is going down. We are going to be set afloat and many have not made it to the rock. So we need to gather together and work together to get to that rock. And God will come out and meet us halfway. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehend it not. If you are going to comprehend it, you need to bear witness of that light. And that's what it says. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. And we need to bear witness of the light. If he is in us, and that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That's where we need to be. In that light. So that there be no realm that we be afraid to go into. I mean, Jesus supposedly ascended into hell. He went down there to those lower realms. Didn't 
Moses go back to Egypt after he was out and living a fairly good life somewhere else, prosperous, he went back to Egypt to get others. Do we have that spirit to go back and get others? I told the story about the lamb that was attacked by the bobcat and injured and other sheep stayed with him. They, they couldn't bandage his wounds. They couldn't lick his sores. They don't do that. But they did not abandon him. And he got better. And he now he stays with the whole herd and they all stay with the whole herd. And that is a good spirit to see in your flock. That's rare. Now if I could see that amongst the men and women of our congregations. Can they work together? Can they strive together? Can they build together? Not for me, but for Christ. So that Christ may live and dwell in them. Because they have a spirit that is compatible with Christ. In that process... More light will come in and you will see the dark corners of your own heart. But that is good because now you can clean them. It, it, you can clean a room in the dark quickly. But when you turn the lights on, oh my goodness, there was more cleaning than you thought. And that is the way it is with us. We have many dimensions to our own selves. And so, we have to realize that this is a spiritual journey in a physical world. And there are physical repercussions that challenge the laws of physics, the laws of dimensions. There is a war afoot between light and darkness, but darkness has no chance the outcome is already determined. The question is, what side of that outcome will you be on? On the side of the Lord? Or the side of darkness? If you give your light to others, God will give you light more abundant. If you fold up your light in a napkin, no one will see it. And darkness will be upon you. Until we meet again, may peace be upon your house and may God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake. Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.